Welcome and thank you for tuning in to SM Enlightenment Radio or watching on SM Enlightenment TV. I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. And we are two healthy chicks providing simple life hacks on this journey to healthy living. This is our last episode of the season. So excited. I believe it. I know. I know. Well, before we even jump into that, Jenny, what's in your mug? Okay. So I took um, a page from your book, Ayana, tonight. So I did instead of tea tonight, I am doing hydration in here, feeling a little bit dehydrated. So I've got that. And what else do I have? I have skin elixir. So taking care of my skin, got some inner calm, calming down for the evening and some mind health so I can stay sharp tonight. So oh, all mixed in there. Yes, I did one up you. <laughs> got it. Okay. All right. I see you, Jenny. <laughs> so what do you I, have in your mug? I did my usual double dip of biohydria and detox tea. I needed a little, yeah. little soothing, a little hydration at the same time. So cheers. Cheers. So what Love are we talking it. about tonight, Jenny? Well, we have got a great topic to wrap things out. So extremely relevant. We are talking about dieting. So is anyone out there packing on the pandemic pounds? <laughs> Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> Apparently some of you out there this pertains to because according to some stats done by the American Psychological Association, 61% of Americans have experienced undesired weight gain and disrupted sleep patterns. So there you have it. And so they go on to say like there's average gain of 29 pounds um, by the people that gained weight. 10% of the people polled gained 50 plus pounds. And I thought the breakdown was kind of interesting. Um, it was just fascinating to me. Like men gained an average of 37 pounds. Women gained an average of 22 pounds. Gen Z gained an average of 28 pounds. Millennials gained an average of 41 pounds. Gen Xers gained an average of 21 pounds. Boomers coming in lowest at average of 16 pounds. And this one I thought was fascinating. They said parents, they segmented out parents <laughs> and they averaged, they gained an average of 36 pounds. So I know. Uh, okay. Actually, yeah, that was the most shocking to me. But then I did like the the mental calculation, and that does make sense. the The men and women category that shocked me. I thought it would have been opposite. Men gained on average more than women. Mm -hmm. Parents make sense to me because typically parents are chasing behind their children. You know, dropping off at dance mm -hmm. and soccer and basketball and this, that, and the third, and we're all in the house together. And the stress I, eating. Come on now. Like, yeah, I exactly. in my space. what am I going to do? I'm just going to eat. <laughs> it's like that. Um, Oh my goodness. I think it's, it's a coffee commercial. I won't say the brand, but anyway, it's a coffee commercial where she's like pouring the coffee and trying to hide her son's face at the same time. And these yeah. are like the woes of parents. Right. Uh -huh. So why wouldn't we, exactly. we be reaching for the bonbons and I yeah, I, I can relate. I can absolutely yeah. relate. 
Mm-hmm. So crazy. So we are going to have an awesome conversation tonight and it's going to get even better because we have a special guest joining us tonight. I am so excited. Um, she is going to add so much to this conversation. So I am so excited to introduce to you Amy Sharland. Amy Sharland helps high achieving creative individuals escape soul crushing work that destroys their energy, damages their health and keeps them teetering on the edge of financial disaster. Did I just describe anyone in her audience? I don't know. Um, but it's really cool because by working with Amy, clients stop feeling trapped by their need for a paycheck and just really start enjoying the freedom that comes from doing work that lights up their life and um, and their bank account too at the same time. So it's pretty nice to be able to be able to earn money while you're actually enjoying what you're doing. So as the founder of Lights On Again Coaching, Amy brings over 15 years of professional wellness coaching experience in the corporate world. She is a nationally board certified health and wellness coach through the National Board of Medical Examiners, which is NBME. She has spent years studying how to harness the power of habits to help people achieve the success they crave. As a result, her clients make the money they want doing what they love faster than they believe is possible. So welcome, Amy. Oh, hello. Hello. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We are so glad you are here. This is going to be such an interesting, amazing conversation. We are just going to put it all out on the table tonight. And I think, I think our listeners are really going to be able to relate to, to what we have to share and just what our experiences are. And I don't know, what are your first thoughts, just even just reaction to the stats that we were sharing? (laughs) You know, frankly, they didn't surprise me. Uh, I think, you know, in our culture, we are all teetering on the edge of, like my bio says, on the edge of everything, mm-hmm. on the edge of financial disaster, on the edge of everything falling apart, on the edge of our weight skyrocketing out of control. We are just on the edge, living on the edge. And I'll be honest, it's because we're not willing to take the steps now that are going to set us up for the future because it's Mm. so much more comfortable just to stay where we are at than to take those steps, those uncomfortable steps. So when we don't take those uncomfortable steps, then the result is can be very devastating. And I'm speaking from experience here. I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> I am speaking from experience. Yeah. Because that has been my life. And it's taken me nearly 50 years to figure that out. So here I am. Wow. <laughs> well, you're going to fit right into this conversation because that's what we've been doing all season is speaking from experience. So mm-hmm. welcome to the club. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So it's interesting. So let's just start with with the whole dieting thing. I mean, this, I know we all have our own stories and I'm sure everyone listening has their own story. I mean, it's just the whole, honestly, now the word diet just makes me cringe. <laughs> it just makes me want to like crawl under a rock. But until that point, like that's what I was doing. Just all the fad diets. I don't know about you ladies, but I mean, okay. So like the things that, I mean, <clears throat> what are the ones I remember the grapefruit diet in high school. Did anyone else do the grapefruit diet? <laughs> No, you got to fill me in on that one. I'm so curious now. Never heard of it in my life. 
I, all I remember, like that was literally high school. I think it was just like, Amy, you, you were nodding your head. So maybe you remember, it was just like eating just grapefruit is I think all we ate, right? I think yeah, it was just grapefruit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, now where's the science behind that one? I want to know who came up with that and said, oh, this is a great idea. Let's all eat grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, one thing. One, wow. and, you know, it's funny because I remember hearing on the radio a long time ago, you know, discussing this. And they were like, you know, if everyone ate just one thing, like Snickers, if you only ate Snickers all the time, you would lose weight. Like, does that make you healthy? Is Snickers a good choice? Like, you know, just because grapefruit is good for you, it's a fruit. But if that's all you eat... <laughs> No. Yeah, I really thought there was going to be like something exciting behind that, but it oh, is exactly no. what it sounds no. like. No, it was the grapefruit <laughs> diet. And there was some peanut butter thing. I think it was a separate thing, like some peanut butter thing I did. And like, I remember I did my own thing where I just, I love saltine crackers. So all I did was I just ate saltine crackers. Like Shit. ironic, like now that I am gluten-free, like I just <laughs> can picture what that was doing to my body at the time, but I had no idea. No clue, but the things we do when we're younger, right? Exactly. I wanted to fit into my dress for prom, so you know, all I eat was saltines. <laughs> These are the things teenagers do, right? <laughs> wow. Oh, absolutely. And the rice cakes. <gasps> I did hear of that. Ah, yeah. rice cakes. Yeah. Yeah. What are some other crazy ones? Like, I. I uh, well, I can tell you, I mean, nothing when I was in high school, but actually recently, so I can't even shake my head at you because I was a grown adult and supposed to know better, um, but I actually tried the keto diet. Oh. And okay, so there there are so many things that I can say about the keto diet. I actually did it for I want to say it was like three or four months, um, and that was the first diet that I had ever tried in my life. I was never a fan of the concept. Like I just love food entirely too much to restrict myself. Um, so when I heard that there was something out there where you can have meat and cheese, I'm like. <laughs> Well, talk to me more. So I knew a couple of other people that um, that had tried it before me. And, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, it works. I lost this. I lost that. So I'm like, all right, let me give it a shot. So, you know, like I said, you can have all the cheese in the world. I literally remember my most favorite. Um, yeah, my most favorite recipe was tuna fish sandwiches and the bread was literally Havarti cheese. So you would just bake it and fold it in a cheese oh, pocket. Oh my gosh. It was delicious. I, who knows what was going on inside? Who knows? Oh, man. But that was my most favorite recipe. And, you know, I just had plenty of meat. I tried to be sensible about it, um, you know, and stay away from like the higher sodium meats because it just didn't seem right. You know, you couldn't like get your rings off your fingers. You can't see your oh, ankles, gosh. things like that. So I, I stayed I know, away. Minor things. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, when I would have meats that were higher in sodium, I didn't feel bad about it because I was like, ah, oh, it's, you know, it's part of the diet. Meat, cheese, you're good. But I think. With keto, I don't really think, even though many people talk about a lifestyle, I don't think that was ever meant to be like a lifestyle mm -hmm. change. I think that it right. served its purpose as far as wanting to drop pounds because I was going on vacation and I did exactly that. But thankfully, I just stopped. And when I stopped, of course, I gained every single pound back, every yeah. single one. So I'm yeah, like, okay, exactly well, that doesn't seem right. So I'm just not, I tried it. I 
I was going to do it a second time. I started a little bit and then I just stopped. I was like, I'm not doing this foolishness. This is ridiculous. This is why I don't diet in the first place. But, <laughs> you know, it's just like you were saying, grapefruits. And I don't want to monopolize the conversation. It's just I feel so strongly about the keto diet because there's yeah. so much misinformation out there. And it's like if you think about it, just stop and think about it, eating meat and cheese like that. And, of course, I'm simplifying it. There's way more to it. But for a long extended amount of time, you are doing such a disservice to your body, like the health implications. Yeah, you may be losing weight, you're on your way to a heart attack, but yeah, you're going to lose the pounds, you know? Right. Yeah. So that was and, my one and only experience with it. And that's the, yeah, that's the thing I feel like dieting, like that's what it's focused on. Like, and I think that's one of the things with diet, like you're focused on the pounds, you're not focused on your health. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's literally, that's the point is how much can I lose? How much can I mm -hmm. lose? But, yeah. You know, so we'll Amy, share what, what are your experiences? In this? Oh my goodness. Well, I have to share that growing up, I was always the heaviest kid in class. I mean, heavy. And in high school, I was 300 pounds. So I wasn't dieting, wow. but I'll tell you what happened. Um, it was probably, you know, those years when you're just trying to uh, figure out who you are and, you know, around 12, 13, everything's changing. And, mm -hmm. and I have this experience where I was told that I was too heavy. And at that point, I was a few pounds overweight and I was too heavy. And I was told by uh, the doctors, my mom uh, actually was told by the doctors, oh, you got to, uh, it was me and my sister, you're both uh, on the heavier side. You got to go through this weight loss program for kids. I won't tell you where it was. Very famous uh, inst healthcare in institution. Huh. And she had us get on the scale and weigh each week, but we're kids and we're not doing the work. We don't know what dieting is, a, is about. Our mom was trying to cook healthy stuff, but we were just eating and we would get on that scale and play little games. And, and what happened is we were pitted against each other. And wow. so at that age, my sister was a few years younger. Uh, we then after that time for years had this just horrible relationship because we had been pitted each, against each other to see who could win to lose weight. It didn't work. It created, yeah. it wow. created, I'll say that that was very pivotal in creating eating disorders later in life. And the newest research mm -hmm. actually says that, that when you put kids on a diet and it, like that, it's actually going to have the impact of creating eating disorders later in their life. Uh, oh, so at least the science is coming out now about that. But yeah, that led to, for me, uh, down the road, uh, binge eating and also not eating. Uh, so getting close to anorexia, but because I'd been 300 pounds and lost wow. all the weight. I was never classified as anorexic behavior because the doctor just said, oh, good for you for losing weight. And that was when I was, uh, yeah, I got down to 130 pounds from uh, the 300. Yeah. So this was uh, me a little in the college after I lost it again. Um, and yeah, I was so miserable. I cannot tell you how miserable I was. I wasn't eating anything. Then I'd binge on a bag of pretzels and then not eat anything. I had so many wow. GI issues and I was just so incredibly unhappy because my whole life revolved around food and not having mm. it. 
Wow. So I have a question for you because that makes perfect sense to me that, you know, having children diet early creates eating disorders. Is it related to like this unhealthy focus on food specifically? And then as they get older, it's just, it becomes like this obsession almost that develops into eating disorders. Yeah, I think there's several factors uh, there. Well, you know, for I can speak, I guess, from personal experience as well. For me, it was like being told you're not you're not good enough and you're not OK how how you are. And imagine what that does to yes. a, a child, especially in those preteen and teen years. And you're in the culture and everyone around you and people that you admire and who are really um I guess very pivotal in teaching you are telling you you are not good enough. I mean, mm-hmm. it's bad enough, I think, for uh, women in our culture mm-hmm. that that sense yeah. of worthlessness, and then to have weight and issue at such a young age, then it all becomes about weight, and that doesn't mm-hmm. become about who you are and what your strengths are and what you enjoy, and it, it becomes all about the weight, and you're not yeah. you're not good enough. I agree. I, I think that's really interesting, the the messaging and the signals that are given. And and that is something I have actually been very in tune to and very attentive of because of experiencing that growing up. And um, and I won't say necessarily because of my environment. It's just I don't know why, but that's the way I felt. And I was bigger and I was heavier than most people around me. And so like I, I had this fixation on I, I, I need to do this myself. Like I'll just not eat or I'll just pick one thing to eat or I'll, you know, read like read 17 magazine and, or every other magazine and information out there. I'm like, Oh, what are they doing? What's the latest thing? And I think that's why I have been, I have tried to be very conscientious about focusing on health in our family and, and healthy eating and, um, and never having it as like, Oh, wait, and it doesn't mean the kids aren't going to go through that. It's a part of go- growing up and it's, it's the process. But I think you're right. Just like what, how we focus on food and do we focus on it and be grateful for it and it fuels our bodies versus, oh, look what it's doing to me and making food the enemy. Mm, so true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because food is meant to be enjoyed. Food is meant to give us energy. Food is there to uh, just enhance our, our life and help us to do those things we want to do. And we just, you know, with all the diets and all the messaging, it just becomes just this really a negative thing mm-hmm. and it's all the shoulds around yeah. it and do nots and ah mm-hmm. oh, yes and, and it just becomes so overwhelming i think that people just end up just giving up and with all the diets they lose that natural ability just to make decisions for themselves because they're so yeah. uh, used to the diets telling them what to do and i run mm-hmm. across people like that all the time that are so uncomfortable just trying to figure out their own diet plan you I hate to use that word or healthy living plan. Let's yeah. use that. <laughs> because they've been on so many diets. They're like, well, I yes. should do this. I'm like, well, let's take a look at what you want to do. And right. let's design a plan that's going to be sustainable for you. And I think that's the key because, yeah, I call it the diet mentality. Just mm-hmm. really wreaks havoc. And it just causes so many issues just emotionally and and mentally and I think spiritually as well Mm, yeah 
I think it's it's the same concept. And Jenny, you probably can relate to this because, you know, just being in education, we come across this quite often, but it sounds like the same concept of the child who is constantly told, oh, you're not going to be anything. You're never going to amount to anything. Like it just creates this mental image, self-image. And children are so, you know, moldable. like what they hear constantly. And that's not just children. I think that's adults also. Like if this is something that you are constantly Mm -hmm. hearing and what you're surrounded by, then yeah, it's going to create an issue. And hopefully, you know, when it comes to children, you get to adults that care about you in the school system that are going to try to turn those images, those negative statements, turn that around so that they can actually gain control. But it sounds like the same concept. Like I see it regularly in schools and it's unfortunate. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think, I think just having that, that psychological piece is, is really, really key. And, and also just you hit on just what is good for you personally and what you can sustain because you're right. The whole thing with diets then is like, okay, this is for a time, but that's not sustainable. It's not something you can do long-term because too many times it's taking out major food groups or it's, it's, it's not something that's truly healthy for the body. And so um, we are definitely going to come back. We have so much more to talk about with all of this. And so we are going to pick it up right there. When we come back, thank you for listening to us on Uh, Two Healthy Chicks on SM Enlightenment Radio or watching on SM Enlightenment TV. And we will be right back after this break. 